Do you believe that the appearance of innovators was part of Eolia Schenberg's larger plan? In my opinion, yes, ma'am. I think so. Hmm. Reporting. The patrol fleet indicates that all GN missiles have hit the target. Roger that. Confirm the angle change in the spacecraft's course. Then return to... How do you know that? Oh, no logical reason. I just have this. Call it Innovator's Intuition. Hmm. Another report. The exploration ship's course has changed, but less than 20% of what was expected. Impossible. At that angle, it's still on course to enter the Earth sphere. That makes no sense. They fired more than enough particle missiles at it. What the hell is going on? I'm heading out. You are? Of course. You do want to see what innovators are capable of, don't you? <sighs> and yes, naturally, I'll be taking the new model, just like you're hoping. I see. So you're reading my mind. It's what guinea pigs do. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Double O and is prepared for the podcasts to come. My name is Jeremy. I am a giant flower. My name is Tyler. I'm I'm lost at this point. Like, the hell are you on about now? I know exactly what he's on about. (laughs) My name is Zach. Check out my space statement. Anyway. Hey, today we're watching the first third of Gundam 00, Awakening of the Trailblazer. This is the first time you two have seen this movie. You, um, you sweet summer childs. It is. You know, I was kind of disappointed because I thought it was Awakening of the Tailblazer, and this is a totally different movie than I was expecting. Yeah, it's not about Sonic's sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Hallelujah and Soma's free time. My uh, That's more what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy gave this movie to me. For Christmas, and as he has pointed out, he gave me only the bad parts of Double O. To be including fair, I gave you many one. Christmas gifts that year. I feel like they evened out. Let's see, Too I haven't played. I haven't played the game you gave me. I did build the gunpla. Yeah, one out of three ain't bad, right? Uh, to contrast, I actually kind of like this movie. I don't think it's it's maybe a bad part of Gundam Double O, but I think it's a perfectly fine movie. So when I first watched Awakening of the Trailblazer, I knew very little about it. I knew the premise. I knew it was about aliens coming, which makes sense if you watched Gundam Double O. I knew the new playsets and toys that were in it, and I knew that the reception of it is very negative. And I had assumed that one and three were related, and that people just didn't want aliens in their Gundam. And so I was kind of excited for what if contact was with Gundams. But that's not the problem with this movie, and this monkey fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, I agree with Jeremy on this count. I had enough, like tangential experience with this movie because i i played the stages in uh gundam adjectives and it's in like the plot line is in super robot wars v sort of the elses are and they else at you until you shoot them all down in the one level or else and then you unless you go t- the other way and then you don't actually have anything to really do with them and then you turn tiaria into a robot so he can pilot the double o quant and doesn't have to bring his gundam what i'm sorry what <laughs> he becomes a backup pilot for the double o quant if you turn him into like data you have the option <laughs> interesting so he basically becomes uh sets in his co-pilot instead of tiaria should we just get into it it's 
gonna be long no matter how we do yeah it. no i think so i okay i love how this movie begins yeah i think the first 40 ish minutes are fine so maybe this episode will be positive uh shochiku my favorite korean beverage so asteroid field yeah we start with the millennium falcon going through an asteroid field and by the millennium falcon i mean that backup ship that blew up behind the ptolemaeus apparently they had a spare i feel like they probably have several of these Anyway, they go into the invisibility zone and turn invisible. <laughs> My favorite Sonic level. And inside the invisibility zone is a docking bay. Just like the one they had before. And yet another asteroid. How many of these bases do you think they have? Two four. exactly. <laughs> and to be fair, they only have one of them. That's a good point. And hey, the first character we see in the Double O movie is Ian Vashti. I, I thought this was a wild choice to open on. And greeting Linda Vashti. Also, Milena's there, I guess. Uh, no, Milena's not here. She's back on the ship. Oh, who's that in the background? Is that just some dude? Oh, that's Dale, too. We will all remember your sacrifice, Dale, <laughs> by honoring Dale, too, with your name. And Ian's like, hey, did you finish it? And she's like, yeah, who do you think I am? Giving him, like, the most bedroom bedroom eyes as she brings up on the monitor this cool new Gundam she built. And she's like, yeah, we even made two new GN drives just for this Gundam. Although in the two years it's been since the series, we could only make two, says Dale. And I then mean, Chip leans back and says, yep. <laughs> uh, that does make a certain amount of sense, given the fact that how advanced these things are and the fact that they couldn't build drives before. I think they could just out in Jupiter. I think this implies they are out in Jupiter. That's always how I've read it. And Ian's like, yeah, with the quantum brave waves and the particles and everything, Setsuna can broadcast his brain all over the combat area. And a Gundam can finally end fighting like he wants. That's pretty cool for him. People will be like, oh no, I'm too empathetic with you to kill you now. Any Gundam can end fighting. It's just a matter of peace through superior firepower. I like how it's the Gundam Quant. Quanta is how it's pronounced. That's fair. Just the, the brackets fi- are pronounced uh. <laughs> I've just always pronounced it as the Gundam Quant. Because you hate pronouncing Gundams in this series correctly. It's your least favorite thing to do. Oh, if you look at how it's spelled, it should be pronounced the Gundam can't. <laughs> I think in Gundam adjectives, they remove the brackets at the end. So it literally just looks like the Gundam quant. Anyway, a D-Uberworld song appears. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I kind of like some of the imagery that we get scrolling across all this. It's basically life on Jupiter evolving. Intercut with Gundam characters. While we're waiting for this, can I uh, give you a hypothetical t- description of a Gundam episode that Alex came up with earlier? Please. Uh, because it is great. So the context for this is uh, one of my friends was talking about the old Burma Shave ads, and she found a website that has archived all of them. And uh, she was like, they used to be so practical, and then they got like so weird. I'm like, that's exactly what happened when I was writing episode descriptions for the podcast. And Alex pitched one, which is... It's a Gundam, episode 92, in which Setsuna rides the wage wave of teenage horniness until it all comes crashing down in a metal tornado. That just I, sounds like an episode of Gundam. I know, that exactly. sounds like an episode description I would write. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get that episode in Witch from Mercury. <laughs> that sounds like that might happen. You guys have not seen the end of Build Fighters Try. I <laughs> changed some proper nouns, and that could be the end of the description of the last episode of Gundam Build Fighters Try. <laughs> Anyway, we see Setsuna preparing in his dark room where lights are not allowed. Well, that's because he's got them thriller eyes. Yeah. He doesn't need lights. We see sexy Neil DeLondi in his doctor cosplay. S- Why, sorry, Lyle. This is definitely Lyle. 
I was going to say, I swear we've seen someone wearing those exact glasses before. Was it Cotty? Did Cotty used to have those glasses? I don't think they were quite those glasses, because I feel like hers are round. Then we see Soma and uh, Alleluia taking their backpacking trip year through Europe. Uh, year three of their backtracking trip through Europe. They're going through the desert you go through when you want to be in a dramatic anime opening. Without a horse. But it doesn't matter because it didn't have a name. We also see a clone tube with a tiara on it. He's got two clone tubes flanking him, but did not clone two extra bodies. Seems like an oversight. Maybe they only had tiara materials for one tiara. Then we see a metal Pac-Man ghost flying through Jupiter. Oh, also the we're song getting, picks up. We're getting some sweet mushrooms. The Pac-Man ghost gets a power-up and sends waves throughout <laughs> space. And we see it turning on what I presume is the ship that Alejandro Corder sent out here. I think it's the ship that they were investigating. Yeah, that is what I meant. The one that Alejandro's Corner's men investigated that he found the... Yeah, where they found the evil horror on. That is not what I said, but it is what I meant. And then the song ends with Lock On and Setsuna getting ready to Lock On and Sets. And then we get a title card. And then Char's Counterattack starts playing. And hey, might as well start the movie with the best part, I guess. (laughs) We see Axis, the asteroid from Char's Counterattack, and a bunch of flags and next launching from it and there's a there's a jinx yes and the jinx puts together its giant boomerang (laughs) like jinxes have and takes out like eight of the flags by throwing it it rules this is i they all this is a straight up trigger show now yeah no at this point i'm like is this a trigger anime is this a very different movie than i was expecting it to be we cut to the Catheron ship where not klaus as played on tv is giving an impassioned speech about how awful the a-laws are He's putting his all into it. And the animation style is just slightly off in yep. a way that's great. And they're like, Captain, it's the one with the mane. And he's like, Nani? And then Alejandro fucking corner, arms crossed while he pilots his mobile suit. Which has a giant up. dragon well, it, tail. It's, it's standing on the mobile armor that it was attached to at the first season. What we can learn is if Trigger designed the Alvator, it would have ruled instead of sucking. <laughs> This is just Frieza. He's just Frieza on the Frieza pod. And then his riding, like, mobile armor turns into, like, a crab dragon. A crab. It looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Uh, I think it is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I summoned crab dragon in attack mode. He shoots a giant death beam, like, yelling that this will create permanent peace when everyone who opposes him is dead. But then it's blocked, and he goes, Nani? (laughs) And it's the virtue. And he's like, the Gundams. And I do like how it's definitely the Virtue, but then it's the Dynamis and the Curios instead of the Arios and Cheridim. And the, like, double O is half double O, half Exia. It looks it, rad, It honestly. makes a little bit of sense for what they're going for right here. Yeah, I just like the detail. I wasn't sure if this was a recap of the ending of the <laughs> show, but then Setsuna starts fucking monologuing. With a cool scar. It's, it's Setsuna with a cool scar. And then the Virtue, whose fuck-off ball, we did call the Frieza ball a couple of times, literally throws it like Frieza (laughs) at Alejandro Corner. I honestly was like, is that supposed to be the people we're familiar with? Did I I flip over two pages at once? No, I just assumed this was going to be a way more action-packed, over-the-top anime than we were getting. Although, very shortly now, my notes were, oh, oh, um... (laughs) Anyway, this causes Alejandro Corner to be pinned on a cross like he's in either Garen Lagan or Evangelion. I, I fucking love <laughs> Setsuna going, giving the justice speech with the shining finger. Yep. Anyway, he's shining finger swords. And then Alejandro Corner explodes. It's far less dramatic than what 
Setsuna actually did. <laughs> Just to Alejandro Corner. Anyway, guy who's definitely not Arturo Bueno Hombre is like, what is your motivation, celestial being? Like, and Setsuna is like, allow us to tell you. Setsuna is a uh, hallelujah now. Like, he's got the hair. <laughs> yeah. I love how all the Gundams get colored Like auras. Super Saiyan? It's very Voltron. <laughs> yeah, I love the Voltron split screen we get of the pilots. And, uh, <laughs> Aleluya is a girl with pink hair. Definitely a lolly. Lock-on is a nerd. And Tiare is black. He's and cool Setsuna white. is Aleluya. <laughs> yeah. Then Setsuna combines all of their power to Voltron, Shining Finger Sword, the entire ALOS. And that's how Equestria was made. <laughs> and then we cut out of it, and it's a movie, and Saji is watching it with his friend. Uh, I kind of love this, actually. Whose friend who, running character count, the first character who does not need to be in this movie. Why is he not at the movies with Luis? Uh, because she's in the hospital recovering from clones. Why syndrome. is Luis in the hospital two years later? The, it's a problem. I mean, I wouldn't. I would be fine if, with this guy being here, if Luis was also here, like they're hanging out as a couple with a friend. Because obviously, well, I presume Saji has other friends besides <laughs> Luis. Because I mean, no, Setson is in space. It set, I mean, Setson is really hard to get in touch with. So, like, whoever this guy is, presumably he's one of Saji's friends, coworker. Anyway, Saji looks bored. Friend is very excited. Actually, he, Saji kind of looks bemused. He wasn't this. in it, and he's confused uh, that he wasn't in it. And Saji's like, I wasn't even in the movie. <laughs> we don't I'm not sure if that's it. a good thing or a bad thing. Anyway, we get some people being like, man, that was like based on actual events or something. Look at that product placement. But other guys like, it's just propaganda. And Saji is like, I mean, it was kind of based on, like, I can, I can see that, but... Number one, you got all the pilots wrong. I wasn't even there. Well, I, well, he's like, hey, war kind of sucks. And his friend is like, what? You talk like you were actually there. Like, can't he tell people he was like in the No, fights? I was part of Celestial Being is. Well, he could be like, I was like, you know, caught up with the A-laws as I think a thing a lot of people had happened to them. That's probably true. So. But that would like actual like, especially that particular battle, like explaining why you know that one's wrong. That's fair. He's like, I was on Setsuna's back that entire yeah, time. I was throughout that entire battle. That, uh, none of that happened. I was the chibi pink-haired girl all along. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Saji sees an advertisement playing on a billboard for the movie. And he's like, ah, oh, I wasn't even in the movie. Which is uh, said, I love the... And, and then we get Chibi, Soma, Alleluia, and Tiaria, which I love. They're not in this goddamn movie, though. <laughs> Why also, are they advertising with the real people in Chibi form? Because, they're, yeah, they're, they're accurate that way. <laughs> Maybe they're bridge bunnies in this version. <laughs> okay, that would actually be great. If they, like, the version if, where all the actual pilots are in the movie cameoed as bridge bunnies <laughs> is not what happened, but is great. And that Lockout and Setsuna aren't there because they're busy would also be great. That would be real. I, I, I think it would also be really funny if they got everybody backwards. So, like, Felt and Meirin and Sumeragi were all the pilots, uh, whereas the guys were all actually the bridge bunnies. I assume the pink-haired lolly girl was supposed to be Felt. <laughs> so, <laughs> the thing is, who got enough information to do that? Because Saji probably wasn't talking it about was it. It was Billy. And he, Louise he wasn't. Did. Well, I, I assume this was all, like, declassified information. That's why they don't have the pilots, right? But, like, the Gundams are public knowledge, images of them, certainly. And someone's like, this was all propaganda. So clearly the, the people here don't know what actually happened who are watching the movie, which gives you lots of artistic license. And they thought Alejandro Corner with Ribbons Allmark, and we can all agree it would have been better if that was the case. <laughs> also, Chibi Soma, amazing. Oh, yes, the best. Love it. I'll, I, I, like, the, I like the Chibi Ptolemaeus that goes also up behind them. Saji's like, it's been two years. Anyway, remember Gundam 00? It was pretty good. 
Now let me uh, give you an actual recap since that was just funny. Anyway, war is not over yet, but it's getting there. I guess because Setsuna. Good job, Setsuna. Remember that one time murder bots happened? And you saved my ass. And my girlfriend's ass. Sure were wild I times. I really wish Saji was in this movie more. Yeah, me too. I'm really surprised they don't have self-driving cars. <laughs> no, they have self-driving cars. Saji is just a purist. Anyway, Saji drives to the hospital where his girlfriend is there for PTSD. I guess in the future, healthcare is actually good and we take mental health seriously, which I want to like. But does any character in any movie get done dirtier than Luis in this movie? Yeah. My God. There's a part later on where I was like, you know, this would be acceptable if it wasn't just like, here's this character, here's Louise again. And then there's no interaction. Yeah. Just like, here she is. Princess Peach does more in the average Mario game than Louise does in this movie. Princess Peach is a nightmare in the Rabbids game. I think she did more damage to my team than she did to the <laughs> opponent. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Louise got done a little dirty in the show. She is just full on in the dirt here. Anyway, Saji brings Louise some daisies. Louise also just looks fine. She just is like, she's f physically fit. She seems happy. She's capable of communicating. We found out two years ago her cancer was cured. She's very, she's apparently very stable. She's no longer having unspecified fits. But Saji is the worst. He's like, don't rush trying to leave a hospital, Louise. I don't want you to cramp in my movie seeing style. <laughs> Look at what? the sweet letter jacket I have now. <laughs> He's like, and we have all the time in the world. That's always worked in a movie when a character has said that to other. The James Bond song, All the Time in the World, definitely doesn't play while he has his wife's corpse in his hands. I would laugh if, like, his jacket had, like, CB on it. For Celestial Bean, yeah. Like, Setsuno was like, here, we got you a letter jacket. <laughs> Saji pulls Luis into a hug, and she looks way less into it than any other hug he's given her. She like looks like she is a captive of a villain here. <laughs> I wish they hadn't like been like, oh yeah, she's in the hospital and made them living at home together. What's wrong with doing that? I have another pitch, but I don't know if we'll get to it this episode of our podcast or not. I wanted them in that cabin they constantly showed at the end of the. I mean, that credits. would be so much better. But now they're they're just like, oh yeah, she's in the hospital. Fucking why? We take mental health very seriously in the future. You're not cured until you're suffering <laughs> mental health breakdowns from being here. Anyway, cut to space where a wild Sharon back there is being angry at someone. So, you know, Tuesday. And she's like, what do you mean we can't expect the thing we came to inspect? And he's like, space is dangerous, yo. They did an excellent job animating him looking, trying to appear sincere, but failing. Yep. So just something about his face the entire time is like, I don't, my hands are tied. I'm sorry. Diplomatic stuff. So Sharon exposits that a bunch of the people working on space colonies were basically abducted from the Middle East by the ALAs, and she and Marina have come to interview them and return them to their country if they desire. And he is, you know, in a very <laughs> move, because I don't work for them anymore, is like, <laughs> we're doing everything we're legally required to do for our workers. I also think you'll find the employment agreement is perfectly legal, which We're, definitely doesn't imply it's the least ethical possible thing we can do. <laughs> we are doing everything we are possibly required to do. Plus, who would want to quit such a high-paying job? Think of all the overtime. <laughs> and then here comes Marina. Who's like, okay, we'll play it your way, but can we at least like talk to some humans who work here? That seems like a reasonable compromise. And he's like, mm, he, he gives a shifty look. He's like, yeah, we'll let you talk to some people. <laughs> You'll talk to all the people you can handle. Now he doesn't even try. look like he's trying to be ingratiating. He's just being a, 
he's just like, oh shit, they sent someone of higher rank than Sheer in here. The princess of the entire Middle East, I guess? And he's like, anyway, we'll see you at your post-mortem, I mean post-inspection meeting. Uh, anyway, these guys are capitalists, and so they're evil. And they're planning to murder these two people and be like, bad stuff happens in space. Like I said, we can't afford to get rid of our free labor. Even a minor incident can cost lives out here, which is true, but... So anyway, let's send some mobile suits at them and no one will ever recover that black box. So they're like, hey, why are we in bumfuck nowhere in space? It's like, we're going to the houses like you wanted. And like, also, who would build space houses you gotta, here? You gotta wonder, whose coffee did this guy piss in to be the guy stuck on board the ship that yeah, they're about to destroy? Because he knows what's going to happen, right? I mean, it seems obvious that he does from what comes up in a bit. So Marina is like, hey, what are your thoughts on the housing equipment? He's like, I believe that it. it's perfectly legal. <laughs> <laughs> and Marina's like, so tell me what you really feel. And he's like, I feel that it is perfectly legal. I feel like this is a a D and D session where someone just rolled poorly on their persuasion. Was it Marina or him? <laughs> I think Marina. She asked a question of an NPC, this guy, and he's like, Well, you didn't get anything out of it. No, his uh no, the DM just didn't really know what this guy was going to say. Oh, he shit, wasn't Bardic knowledge. He was <laughs> God damn that fucking skill. He, wa- he wasn't expecting anyone to talk to this guy. Anyway, the captain's like, hey, there's some mobile suits. Probably nothing, but just put on your seatbelts in case. And they're like, why does the construction company have jinxes? Why are the construction company jinxes coming to murder us? But before they can, off-screen laser beams attack. And it's a, it, it's a flag. It's a black flag. Their flag means death. Apparently being, I, I guess it must have like a uh, a rail gun, or not a rail gun, like a laser gun. I think it is a rail gun because the flags usually have them, and he uh, it deploys smoke missiles in G- the GN particles, just like Caddy took advantage of in the final battle. And then a Setsuna shows up with a sword, so these guys are fucked. Well, it's it Setsuna in the flag. Yeah. Like we saw him in the flag. It's yep. just, I wasn't sure if it was a uh, rail gun because he... It was animated differently than we'd seen him animated in the previous, in the actual series. Unfortunately, one of the jinxes breaks away from Setsuna, but luckily one of the pilots is secretly lock on Stratos. And takes control and is like, this is mine now. And then Setsuna sorts the last jinx. Mission complete. Kaboom. And so Setsuna is like, peace out, bitches. Well, not quite. Anyway, NPC now has a gun. And because apparently plan B was, I don't know, just shoot them. <laughs> Which seems like a better plan for him. Probably not, because like he shoots her, then he goes to he's immediately executed. So he's a dead man either way. Do you think they have capital punishment in the post Alos future? It seems like probably a bad look. Do you think those guys yeah, that the corporation, the, the corporation okay. that tried to assassinate her would allow this guy to speak? I do love Shirin trying to use herself as a human shield. But Marina tries to make a persuasion check and it's like, hey, will this make your family you mentioned happy? Um, it fails. Again, she keeps whiffing those rolls. Luckily, Lock-On Stratos is here, and he gets two shots in the back, and one of the random guys on the ship manages to get the gun and from him and restrain him. Lock-On rolled a pretty good Intimidate. And Lock-On's like, Jesus Christ, what is up with corporations these days? As the other guys are holding a gun on him. Someone asks, who are you? And he's like, I'm no one. And Sheeran is like, Gene One? I know that guy. <laughs> We and used then to he's, work together. He's just he like, okay, the entire later. ship to space. <laughs> well, he just open, he opens up the hatch and leaves. And Marina's like, oh my gosh, that must be Setsuna in that flag that that man just walked to in space. <laughs> and then Setsuna and Lock-On zoom off. 
And Lockin's like, hey, aren't you going to say hello to them? And Setson is like, there is no need for that. <laughs> Lockin is like, man, your charisma score is so low. <laughs> Even though you're an innovator. And it's, I mean, at the same time, it's like, they never really had that kind of relationship. How did we not get the bardic innovator, though? Come on. <laughs> and Marina's like, okay, I, I see that there's some conflict going on between us and you, but that's why we need to have some dialogue so we can work through it. And she rolled a pretty decent persuasion check there. And so Sharon's like, I didn't know Celestial Being was still active. They haven't done anything. They've just been foiling random corporate interest groups with flags. The entire time. <laughs> Do you think uh, Brain Short Circuit, Flagman, Graham Flag Aker? <laughs> Thank you. Flagman! <laughs> Do you think no, no, Graham no, no, Aker no. gave... <laughs> So it's an, a flag as a as a token of goodwill. I love the idea of Graham Aker as Professor Oak being like, you can choose the flag, the enact, or the Tieran. But no, I think they just acquired this. Especially since it's been so modified. Graham Aker would never allow such gross modifications to a flag. Uh, forgetting, of course, that his flag was heavily modified at the end of the first season. Only only his best friend Billy is allowed to make modifications. Yeah, I was well, what about Billy's gonna... girlfriend? What about Billy's girlfriend? She's an astrophysicist, Zach, not a mech designer. Oh, I was thinking of Sumeragi. You know she never dated him. What about the girl that Billy was simping for the entire second half of Double O? While you were busy simping for a girl, I was studying the blade. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I am get, got the better deal in this one case. <laughs> so Setsuna shows back up on the Ptolemaeus and felt with her new haircut is here to, with refreshments for the pilots. And Lockon's like, ah, service with a smile. This is great. And Setsuna just goes right by her. And she's like, hey, how'd the mission go? And he was Small like, talk. mission complete. <laughs> I'll tell mom. And Felt's like, hey, I brought you a oh, Okay, bye. And Lockon is like, I am so sorry, Felt. We'll do what we can, I guess. If he was such a good wingman for Saji. Where's Saji to wingman for him? And then Sumeragi with her new haircut. And Milena, who's grown her hair out. I don't feel like Milena grew her hair out so much as she stopped putting it up in twin tails. Oh, maybe. That's, no, that's a good point. good point, actually. I hadn't considered that. We are once again reminded that it's been two years in case you were asleep or in the bathroom every other time they've said it. And Milena's like, we could bring out the Gundams. And Sumeragi's like, no, that would attract too much attention. We want the government to do their job and we don't want to get in their way. And is like, why am I even here? Someone's got to drive the bus. And apparently it ain't going to be Sumeragi. Anyway, Veda sent them an email. It was like, hey, the Earth Sphere is removing a spacecraft they found that's headed for Earth. And Veloss is like, what the hell does that mean? And she's like, I don't know. I guess a spaceship showed from Jupiter just started coming at Earth. And Setson is like, hey, can we get like detailed data on that? And everyone's like, why would we want that? And so Felt is like, I'll see what I can find out. And Veloss is like, is this an innovator thing? And Setson is like, uh, just let me know when you find out. I don't have any more idea than you do, dude. And Milena's like, yeah, I can see why you like sets in the felt. He's like, got that cool, mysterious vibe going. And Felt's like, shut up, Baca. Anyway, here's some data. Actually, Lasse exposits about what an innovator is. Thanks, Lasse. It's like, it's like a new type shit, right? It's like new type shit. He's, he's going through some new type shit. And we see sets in a sad about his new type shit. Dude, you'll, you'll be much happier if you just let Felt jump you. Like, she wants to. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of exposition, we cut to Kati Monikin thinking about that giant spaceship Aeolia Shehenberg built that is now property of the Earth government because Celestial Being couldn't hold it. Well, what are they going to hold it with? Four guys? They had a lot of lasers, but... And like, anyway, the Europa, the ship that left for Jupiter like 130 years ago, is just coming to Earth for some reason. 
There's no life weird. signs on board. Which is even weirder. Don't shoot it because, uh, you know, there's no life signs. And so Caddy's like, let's shoot it with missiles to change its course to not Earth. I mean, and to be fair, this actually seems like a reasonable plan because we want to divert it, but also maybe keep it intact in case we want to go, like, study it. Yeah. And then our boy, Patrick Collisar, emerges onto the bridge. And is like, Colonel. And she's like, God damn it, I've been a Brigadier General for two years. Two years, Patrick. Did you not see the last four times we said two years? And Patrick's like, sorry, Colonel's my nickname for you now. And she's like, well, you can be my escort to the cool spaceship. It'll be a learning opportunity for you. And Patrick <laughs> is an adorable puppy dog. Yep. And he's like, I'm not going to retain any of this. <laughs> Cut to the celestial being where Cotty is being given a tour with her boy toy. And they're like, man, this is some future shit. Have you seen its living room? The this TV hall- is like 40 feet away. This hallway tour reminds me of the terrible live-action Gundam movie that we watched. They're in. They're on like a four-man. It's a giant segway. Yeah, no, it's it's a segway, but a cart. <laughs> anyway, you get to the zoo su- display of the Innovades, and Patrick's like, "Ooh, is it time to feed the penguins?" <laughs> and like, no, that's Veda. It's like a supercomputer or some shit. I don't know. And he's like, why do those two dudes have the same face? And he's like, oh, they're not people. They're innovates. They're like computer terminals. They're all over the world gathering information. This is how celestial beings screwed with us all so much. But now we have a Veda too. So, okay. How is celestial beings still getting information from Veda as well? Tiaria because is Tiaria Veda. is Veda. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, good point. <laughs> Tiaria is like, I'm going to help them, but I'm going to help you guys too because we're bros. Yeah. And I actually even accepting that i feel like they're just logged in they're on another user yeah anyway cut to some randos in some ships being like we're almost in missile range prepare to launch the missiles and this is intercut with the tour and they're like anyway brigadier general this is our creepy science room where we do all the creepy (laughs) science this is also where we planned our uh, assault on the first death star and Cotty's like so you're the one the innovator confirmed by veda the first one the second character who absolutely does not need to be in this movie. Hey, can you just imagine for a second if instead this was Luis and like the military had insisted she stay on because of her innervator? That potential? would be way more interesting. Yes. It would, especially given what they actually use Luis for in this movie. And what they use this character for. You get so much more out of it if this is Luis. And this we don't have fucking Descartes Shaman. The character named after his favorite philosopher and his wow class. <laughs> doing nothing. Hey, hello, and welcome to Awakening of the Trailblazer. Uh, we split this one into two parts because it's kind of a long movie. And I don't know if anyone who doesn't listen to our Patreon has listened to our, any of our movie reviews. They tend to go kind of long because there's a lot to say about some of these terrible and or amazing anime movies. It's up to you, which is which. Yeah, I don't know that I have a whole lot to say this week. I think this is really, for real this time, the last week to get your Gundam 00 questions in. As always, I'll be posting a link to both our Discord and our email, Gundam at LastSummonVideoGames.com, for you to send us your questions. Uh, Do that. We actually have quite a few, so don't feel like you're obligated to, but if you have anything you want to comment on or ask us, please get those in like this week (laughs) yeah i think that's pretty much it just a heads up i think i'm in charge of the next 
Patreon bonus episode for this month, and it's going to be kind of an interesting thing. It's it's a pilot for a different project I've been working on for a while, so you have that to look forward to. Yeah, anyway, I think that's it. Let's go finish the good part of this movie so that we can get to the bad part of this movie. Anyway, Patrick is like, what are you doing in this movie? Get out so I can have more screen time with the colonel. I mean, Brigadier General. He's like, do let me set up that I'm probably going to have some authority issues, though. I was experimented on it. It was creepy, and I don't like that. And so Patrick's like, hey, what's an innovator? I'm asking for the audience. I definitely know. (laughs) And someone comes and is like, they're like new types, bro. How do they find this one random innovator? Veda. Veda. They even said so. But, like, how did he become an innovator? I assume, like, Aeolia just thought humans were going to evolve into them. But that is a good question, because it's implied that Setsuna did because of the twin drive. Yeah. But also, like, Luis is kind of one, and there are other people who are kind of... But she was kind of manufactured as one, so we're like... Yeah. This is a good point. Was 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 like experimenting on other people? She was like a cyber innovator, for lack of any better term. Yeah. Oh, maybe he was just near some Gundams. Well, and... (laughs) I mean, we, we do see it later on time. that Louise has still kind of got that going on with the whole quantum brainwaves thing. So maybe that's attached to it and being around Gundam particles for long enough had a tendency to do something like that. You know, maybe it's like background radiation of a nuke. There are just Gundam particles all over Earth now awakening <laughs> innovators. I don't know. If I just search the word or the phrase Gundam particles, what do you think the first thing that's... Minofsky particles. I, I bet it's Minofsky particles. Gundam Patrick's. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's Kalasar. There's Zala. Yeah, it's Minofsky particles. Um, I do want to look up Gundam Patrick's, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a tier list of Patrick's and Gundam. Kalasar. Tier one Kalasar. <laughs> tier two Zala. It is Colossar, then Zala. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then Colossar again. Yeah, Bill Divers Colossar. Uh, no, just regular Colossar, then Bill Divers Colossar. <laughs> Wait, wouldn't it be Lucky Colossar, the immortal Colossar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to draw him in like a stupid gotcha game now, and it's just like this exact same stats and everything. It's just a different title every time. So you want to turn him into Goku? Also, we get exposition about how theoretically an innovator could live twice as long as a normal human. Because science. I was assuming it was going to be way longer than that based on how Ribbons was talking. I think that is true, but they haven't figured that out yet. I mean, it's theoretical. There have been exactly, I guess, two... And they only know about one. ...natural innovators. Anyway, Patrick's like, I didn't... This doesn't make any sense. Because I'm a himbo. So Caddy's like, anyway, you random guy, do you believe innovators were part of Aelia Shehenberg's plan? And he's like, yes, ma'am, in my uh, professional opinion as an NPC, they were. <laughs> as head of creepy science department. And anyway, someone's on the phone is like, hey, the missiles hit. And Caddy's like, confirm we succeeded. And the cart shaman is like, you failed. I can tell. There's no logical reason. Just new type shit. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, ma'am, we seem to have failed. And she's like, oh, no, new type shit. I hate that guy. I feel like he's fine, but he doesn't do anything or have a purpose in this movie. And that defeats... Like, they're setting him up to be the villain, and this movie would be better with a villain. But this movie doesn't need a villain, so... Well, that's one of the reasons why I don't like... I don't like him because he's kind of a dick, and he doesn't really serve a narrative purpose. They needed a Quest Pariah in this movie, but Quest Pariah is way better than this guy. Anyway, the cart shaman is like, I'm going out. Don't you want to sell some playsets and toys? He's got <laughs> creepy eyes, oh, and he's taking the new model. Yeah, play sets and toys. And Caddy's like, are you reading my mind? And he's like, well, he did do a bunch of creepy science to me. Anyway, he launches in his mobile armor that I looked up the name of, but this was when we were going to record two weeks ago, and so now I don't know it anymore. <laughs> 
I can probably go find it. Oh, it's the yeah, it's the god Eliza. The god Eliza. It's like the the, the leaning tower of god Eliza. A candidate for our next primary weapons platform. Why? Well, they've made they're up to the Jinx four now in the two years. But this thing is crap. I think it's because this thing is just boring. Like, I mean, it's giant mobile armor with funnels, right? It's an Alpha Azeru, but it doesn't do anything because none of the mobile suits in this movie do anything. I was going to save this point for later, but we talked a ton while we were watching Gundam Double O about how great the fight animation was. But while a lot of that was animation, I think more of it, even though we never get credit, was the fight blocking. They always came up with interesting things for the mobile suits to do. This movie is sorely lacking in that. Except for Hallelujah. Even like... When they did, it was rad. Remember that time he ripped a person's escape pod off? In the yeah. first half, he did. In like, the second half, he wasn't in any fights. How could he do something if he wasn't in a fight to begin with? It just the, uh, I, f- I feel like in a, some of the fights, especially in the second half, they struggled to find something cool for Hallelujah to do, so he was more than more often just not involved. Anyway, some mobile suits attack this ship. Is that Andre? Yeah, Andre's here. He doesn't need to be in this movie either, if we're being honest. <laughs> but at least I know who that guy is. But here comes the Carte Shaman and his Godzilla. Anyway, he's got Fangu, because it's an Alpha Azero. So many fangs. And again, if this was Luis, I would care a little bit. But no, it's just an emo boy being like, I'll take out all my anger on you, random ship. <laughs> anyway, the ship gets sliced up. Again, the animation's superb. It's just what's going on is boring. Yep. Yeah. That that describes a lot of this movie. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> that would, if I was going to put a, a quote on the back, it, you, if you want to spell a 20th edition, feel free to quote us on that, Gundam Double O. <laughs> well animated, but nothing is going on. Andre's impressed, though. If this was Luis, I, at least he'd be simping for her, and I would be able to sympathize with him. Anyway, Descartes finishes his super attack with a giant beam. And then recovers all of his funnels. Sorry, fangs. Fangles. Fanglies. Fly, my fanglies. And Andre's like, oh, that's the power of a machine for innovators. It would suck if he betrayed us. Good thing he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, this guy's got, all, he's got the only, like, real actual personality of a cardboard box. I mean, it's a kind of damp cardboard box. That's some personality. He's got a, a like, character archetype, at least. He's more than a lot of the characters in this movie, and that's sad. Uh, yeah, I mean, his character archetype is douche canoe, but... Science douche canoe. <laughs> so Cody's like, hey, maybe we should treat this guy like a human. He does have a rank of like captain or something, right? Only Patrick Collisar is allowed to treat people who are high rank like they're not. And that's just because I like him. <laughs> and that is specific to me and him. Cut to the president of Earth and space. It's quite an upgrade. Quite a promotion. He's like, no, we can't just military at this or we'll look like the A-laws. And some guy's like, aren't they being douches? Shouldn't we, like, sanction them or something? Excessive conciliation makes us look weak. And she's like, no, it makes us look patient and wise or something. Your way? That's how you get celestial being. Do you want celestial being? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we know they're still around. Then a new returner walks into the room. Then a new, new return turns, (laughs) comes in, and is like, ma'am, I'm your secretary or something. They wanted to paste the voice actors for a new returner for this movie, so I'm in it. Anyway, that creepy science guy we got blew up a ship. At least this character did appear at the end of Double O. Yes. So, like, it's not like she's coming out of left field. We did see her. Uh, also, all the characters in this scene on the list of characters that don't need to be in this movie. Yep. It's like the beginning of Double O, where they're like, hey, look, here's the world leaders. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. This one at least shows Celestial Being was successful in changing the world, but doesn't add anything to this story. 
Yeah, like I kind of like this for like world building, and that's pretty much it. Anyway, it also goes on way too long. The president is anxious about the future. Like a human. That's how you know she's not an innovator. Anyway, then we cut to a military base, I guess, where Billy's on the phone talking to someone and is like, yeah, it is weird that like that ship they blew up had fragments that made it to Earth's atmosphere and they didn't just burn up in the atmosphere. But why do you care, Graham Aker? And he's because Caddy Monikin is investigating and she's practically a main character. She was a far more interesting character than I was in the second season of Double O. Graham's like, well, tell me if you find anything else. Yes, it's good to have friends again. I forgot what that was like while I was being the worst. (laughs) And he's floating away from a new machine. Yep, it's very flag-esque. Then we cut to Akeda, another movie character who doesn't need to be in this movie, but at least he's fanservice-y. So shouldn't we have done something at the start of this, Jeremy, like... uh, Tell us who Akeda is? Well, no, every time Jeremy says a character that doesn't need to appear in this movie, take a drink. Yeah, I mean, we got one right there. I was just thinking of running, like, Dean counter. Um, Oh, like Cinema Sins? Yep. I was thinking of the Krillin-owned counter, but... As was I, but... Movie-owned? Either one one would work. Anyway, Akeda, who is that Afro-reporter, if you don't know Akeda's name. Yep. Because you're a regular human and not someone who has a Gundam podcast. (laughs) Shows up, and he just starts taking pictures, and is like... Hey, there are no, like, fragments of that spaceship. Like, the government take him already? And then a truck starts driving on its own. It is very spooky. And I actually like why this movie is a horror movie for, like, the 13 minutes it is. I yep. think this is kind of effective. I would watch start this flashing, movie. Where we start flashing over where everything is basically driving on its own. Oh, I like the whole, rib- all the ribbon stuff, too, I think yeah. is pretty good. Yep. Yeah, we see a car accident somewhere, but no one is driving the other car. Looks like Russia. Some advanced Europeans are confused about boats. <laughs> Again, we're making fun of it. I do think it is but, effective set dress. And then, like, the real, like, heavy hitter is there's an accident in a subway. Like, a subway absolutely gets wiped out. Yep, Persona 5 begins. Like, a bunch of people almost die, one person gets knocked over, and then a bunch of people definitely die. <laughs> like most tragedies. And then as people are picking themselves up, the subway turns around and starts going off in the other direction. Peace. Like the one that literally just ran into another one. Anyway, we cut to Saji at work, and he's gotten a call from a hospital. He's like, hey, I have to go to the hospital. And his coworker's like, not again. Although, didn't we just establish Luis was getting better? And yeah, so how often does this kind of thing come up if it doesn't happen very often? Uh, she's having Jupiteritis. I get it. Yeah, so she's having like quantum brainwave innovator issues. Anyway, cut to some schoolgirls. Some more characters who don't need to exist um, because she I comes think, up again. I think I, this scene works, actually. Yeah, I think this one actually works. Although I was spending the entire scene wondering if I was supposed to know who this character was. I was expecting her to be important in some way. She is not, it turns out. No, she's a plot device. Like, she actually matters because she is a plot device. Anyway, her home security isn't working, so she tries to just open her door, and then she turns into metal spikes. Um, which looks not great. Yeah, her it looks very painful for and, her. And then as she stumbles away from the door, it opens and, a llama, he's supposed to be dead. That's right. <laughs> Ribbons Allmark is in this movie for reasons. Very dumb reasons, as it will later turn out. Anyway, he... They didn't even pay the voice actor. He totally well, he's very expensive. Her. He half-metalizes her. That's fair. Um, her entire inside of her house is also metal. But even though she's only half-metal, she is the full metal alchemist. She's the full metal alchemy experiment, I think. Anyway, we cut to some scientists doing some science on some metal fragments they, mel- they, found, uh, they found. 
And they're like, hey, Dr. Mina, you're an astrophysicist. Can you share this some stuff with us? And then Nana Trinity is in this movie because they had to pay her voice actor. But no, this isn't Nana Trinity. This is a character with a backstory this movie doesn't go into. <laughs> she looks a lot like Nana, though. Uh, that's because Nana is a clone of her. Where Wait, is this? <laughs> you, yes, you can read all about it in the program that comes with this movie if you see it in Japan. Great, cool, amazing. <laughs> oh, don't even. Wor- That's not nearly the dumbest thing I'm going to tell you before the end of this. Nana is a movie. clone of this particular character. Well, she is a really cool astrophysicist. Supposed to be. Yes. Why? So they could pay the voice actor. Anyway, Billy comes in and steals her answer, and she's so excited about Billy, she's into that ponytail. Yeah, uh, yeah in the simp hierarchy is this girl, Billy Sumeraki. <laughs> uh, Emilio at the top. And no one can top him due to him being dead. What's the dramatic lighting on Billy here? Yeah, why do all these science facilities... Oh, wait, I'm an engineer. I should know the answer to this question. We hate light. <laughs> I will admit, I do find it amusing as, like, there's a super dramatic dark lighting and whatnot, and he's uh, describing it, and she just out and out tackles What him. What I love about this is... Everyone just keeps talking like this didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, Billy gets glomped. And why did Billy need a girlfriend fantasy for this movie? Why did we make this character just so hot for Billy? Who, and whose fetish is this? And why were they allowed to make this movie? <laughs> and like Tyler was saying, everyone just treats this like this is an everyday occurrence. Well, this guy looks a little like he's new on the job and is not used to it. Yeah, but, but the other two are just like, that's hey, Billy. Hey, that's Mina. science. <laughs> And Mina's like, oh, man, you must have come to see me. And he's like, no, this is my job. Anyway, Billy tries to do science while Nina rubs herself all over him and plays with his ponytail. That's not a euphemism, but it could be. <laughs> I do love that she like tries to tickle his nose with it. It's so dumb. And then she takes his glasses. And then she talks some science while also continuing to fondle him. She's like, only 20% of what actually impacted the ground made it to our labs. And the scientist is like, somebody probably stole them. You know, from the military, the people easy to steal from. And Billy's like, well, there are two other explanations. They could have just vanished. (laughs) Without a trace. Or Or they moved under their own power. I like how the guy immediately jumps to, moved under their own power. That's crazy. It's scientifically impossible. Just doesn't even acknowledge the spontaneously vanished. And he's like, hey, look at this data that supports your second theory, Billy, about how all these places near the crash site had these weird accidents. Anyway, Billy's like, it's probably aliens. And Nina's like, my hypothesis based on data, question mark, <laughs> is that they're going after people with high levels of quantum brainwaves. But I need the federal government's confidential information from you, Billy. He's like, well, it's a good thing they aren't too much more moral than the a-holes. <laughs> Cut the celestial being on the Ptolemaeus. So Felt's like, yeah, Veda told us this is true. And Setson is like, that means our comrades are in danger. And Sumeragi is like, Milena, can you go ahead and contact Ali and tell him that him and his girlfriend's uh, backpacking trip through Europe is done? You have to do it because you're the only one with an Instagram, and that's the only way to get information on their whereabouts. She just Maybe gets you a should respo- use the TikToks. <laughs> she get a res- gets a response back from Hallelujah saying, new phone. Who dis? <laughs> no, it's definitely Soma. That was TikTok. Not, I, I, Hallelujah is, but he does his DMs are not open. Oh, I, I totally just had an image in my head of uh, Ali. You thought it was hallelujah, but it was me. <laughs> hallelujah. He just photoshops the eye colors on Dio. <laughs> <laughs> and so Cessna's like, all right, I'll go to Earth on a ship. And Akon's like, fine, but I'm going with you. But then Melena is like, I can't contact hallelujah. 
I mean, it's not like they could possibly be in the middle of fucking nowhere with no cell reception. This is why you should have had a sat-nav. Cataloria. That's a terrible couple name, but I can't think of a better one. Uh, it looks so, like Soma doesn't not, not have Soma her pack Lula? anymore. Ugh. Soma Lulula? <laughs> Their quad name would be awful. <laughs> so Maria's like, I got a bad feeling about this. Thanks for coming with me to investigate, Alia. He's like, I am your boyfriend, and you're the only person I know for literal miles. I feel like uh, Alleluia gets colder more than Soma does, or Marie does. Because he's wearing like a full, like, like near parka jacket, and she's like, yeah, I have a poncho. I just think Soma slash Marie has a sense of style, and Alleluia <laughs> does not. Hey, if I'm fucking cold, sense of style can kiss my ass in favor of a nice warm no, jacket. No, I assume he is sweating in there. So, and this is where you and I differ, Zach, because I will make myself actively uncomfortable to look not terrible. See, that's the, that, that is the other difference. doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I always look good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing the, uh, the, the listeners can't see me because they'd know that was a huge fucking lie. So they've gotten to an abandoned military power facility? What is this place? I don't know. I assume this is one of their uh, Middle But one Eastern of the cola cans is gone. <laughs> one of the cola It looks like a fucking six-pack when they show you from the top. Is this a mall? Oh, oh, I know. they go in the... They have the, the automatic doors. This is where they made the druggies in Gundam Sea Destiny and Ray <laughs> passed out. They must have cleaned up when they left. Anyway, there are a bunch of metal people here. And by that, I mean spiky metal people like that girl. And then trucks start coming after them. And I, again, love this, like, indie ass. I would watch this indie horror movie about trucks chasing people. Isn't that just that Stephen King novel that I cannot think of the name of the car? That's only one car, though. Is it Christy? It is Christy. Whereas this would be, like, all machines turning against us. The bird style. Anyway, a Jeep tries to ram them. And all is like, that's strange. And then he sees more coming. And is like, oh, no. (laughs) Is this just me or is the birds creepy because they never actually provide an answer to why the birds went insane? I mean, that's a huge part of it. It's the H.P. Lovecraft unknowableness of it. And then they just kind of stop? Yeah. Yep. But then we see, uh, we we flash away from Alleluia and Marie to Louise and Saji. And Saji remembers a nurse telling him, yeah, she was getting way better from her PTSD. And then she just suddenly had symptoms. Do you know what could have caused it? And he's like, well, you didn't leave her out of the hospital for two years. Maybe it was that. (laughs) Maybe you guys haven't given her an opportunity to move past this. It's your job to watch her, not mine. Anyway, Louise starts having bad dreams. And her eyes open. And oh, no, they're thriller eyes. (laughs) And Saji's like, wait, what? I thought thought Setsuna took that out. And then the power gets cut. Yep. And she starts saying no. And oh, no, Ribbon's Allmark is here. Well, Saji doesn't realize it at the moment. He just sees the uh, the face. An astronaut. The astronaut. Oh, Saji never met Ribbons. Yeah, that's a good point. He never did. But so, Louise is freaking out while this is happening. So, I like how he slowly is walking over there. Like, he's not saying anything. He's just walking over. Yeah, full horror like, movie. Very horror movie, yeah. K- kind of a placid smile on his face. Saji does a very reasonable thing of hucks a chair at his face. Yeah. As far as improvised weapons, no matter what those dumb job training videos tell you, chair, way better weapon than laptop. <laughs> it works <laughs> remarkably well. I do love the like continued horror comedy bit of like just wonking him in the face and ribbons falling down. But then, uh, so Saji grabs Louise and uh, they start running away down the hospital hallways. Well, hobbling. Apparently the night watchman is dead. So they make it out of the hospital. Apparently they're the only two people still alive in there. As they are main characters. They had pre-warning because uh, Louise. 
Saji stops to see if Louise is all right. She's not. And then Ribbon's Allmark wrestling throws him into the building. Which cracks the glass. And Louise is a helpless little puppy, unable to do anything, as Ribbon slowly, slowly reaches for her. But luckily, apparently, Setsuna does not give a fuck about Alleluia and Marie and just cares about his bro, Saji, and his girlfriend. Because <laughs> Setsuna motorcycles in like it's Akira and starts shooting. And he's like, next time I'm going to put one in your head, motherfucker. And he's like, wait, Ribbon's Allmark, what are you doing in this I movie? I know I killed you. <laughs> I killed you so good. Maybe Tiaria printed another one? My thought was that Ribbon somehow managed to hack Veda and, like, have a backup ready. Is their cloning thing actually just a 3D printer? <laughs> oh, or, you know, he, he made all the bring stabities. He could have had a backup somewhere. That would be perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Not what happens in this movie, spoilers. There was some kind of, like, cut. Like, Tiaria cut him off from being able to jump his consciousness into the new body, so that's where this came from. Oh, no, it's not Ribbon's. It's Laces Allmark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Laces all spot. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, Marie and Alleluia are being chased by a truck. They are reenacting <laughs> at least part of the term of the movie Terminator 2. They do a rad jump away from it. And it overshoots the ledge that they jump off of and crashes. But lands on its wheels. Then melts and oh. reforms to come back after them. And they're like, did not see that coming. I, mi I missed that part because I, I think I looked away. I watched this on my Blu-ray player, so I was doing something else at the same time when I first did that. They make the, I think, pretty reasonable decision to split up. Yeah, it's very cool. I can only chase one of them. But it immediately goes over after Marie. And Hallelujah is like, Hallelujah, you fucking dumbass. Of course it is after Marie. They're going after her quantum brainwave dipstick. Let me take over. And Hallelujah's like, Hallelujah, what are you doing here? He's like, motherfucker, I live here. <laughs> <laughs> I set up a pool table last week. <laughs> Wait, I have a pool table? What? Click. <laughs> they do call each other Aibo in the Japanese, which means partner, but I have only ever heard that word. And again, I don't speak Japanese. I don't know how common it is. I only hear it in Yu-Gi-Oh. It is what uh, Atem and Yugi call each other. Huh. So I, love, I don't know if that's a deliberate reference or just a fun coincidence or if it means something specific that makes it the word you go to in Japanese if you have another personality you talk to. <laughs> but anyway, Yami takes control. I, I do really love how Hallelujah is like, we don't have time for this shit. I'm taking over. And I also love that the moment Hallelujah takes over, the truck does a complete U-turn after him. And Soma immediately is like, oh, it's Hallelujah now. Yeah. He has the better quantum brainwaves. Then he starts doing some Mega Man X wall jump shit. It's wild. The wall. He took parkour. And the first thing he did was dump his backpack. So I was going to say, it just transitioned from horror to action, and you can actually tell based on the framing of the shots. Yep. Um, and that's kind of cool. Hallelujah does that one level of Sonic Adventure 2, the first one where you run from the truck. He does a cool thing where he jumps on a car coming at them so they crash into each other and just keeps parkouring further and further up this building. To the point As where a cherry picker has to attack him. <laughs> he's, he's getting attacked by progressively taller and taller vehicles until finally he is under attack from a helicopter. <laughs> I love how all the, there, there are all these vehicles. Like he's on top of this like pad looking down and all the vehicles are just like sitting there like, like, like they're sharks. or something. He even has like the smug Seto Kaibo look of like, yeah, you're down there and I'm up here. <laughs> then he's like, helicopters. Why didn't they tell me they have helicopters? But the helicopter doesn't shoot, it just tries to ram him, and then it gets Gundamed. Yep. Well, this is why Setsuna didn't come over here, is because he's like, all right, lock on, you have my permission to take your Gundam, I'm gonna take my bike. He's specifically in the Dynamis, which this lock on never piloted. 
Again, the handy book that comes with the movie will tell you that because they no longer have sole control over Veda, it's very difficult for them to move Gundams from space to Earth, so they just leave the Exia R2 and the Dynamis on Earth for Earth missions. That's actually a good idea. What's the R2? The Exia Repair 2. Yeah, it's the oh. rebuild. It, well, it's because it was the Exia Repair, the one that Setsuna made, and the Exia Repair Repair, the one that... Okay, no, I, I, for whatever reason, I was thinking that the, X, uh, that the R2 was actually separate from the Exia that you mentioned. Uh, so, Ty, we did a bonus episode on our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash lastpodcasts, where I named all the things I knew about Gundam, and Tyler, you asked, Jeremy, what's the dumbest thing you know about Gundam? <laughs> and I said it was too convoluted and spoilery for me oh, to yes, explain. Oh, yes, yes. It'll be explained by the end of this movie. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. I didn't even re- like really realize that was the Dynamis. I just kind of, like, mentally, I just called it the Terudium and left it at that. Yeah, I mean, it's big green mobile suit. I don't I don't know. It's the one lock-on pilots. Anyway, lock-on gets out and is like, hey, your vacation has been cut short. You know, it was only two years. Maybe they went on I'm, a separate vacation. I just got a new job after being unemployed for three years, but I did not call that end of vacation. <laughs> anyway, cut back to Setsuna, pointing a gun at Ribbons Allmark, being like, what the fuck? How the fuck? Why the fuck? And then he gets quantum brainwave attacked. And so, then just starts shooting ribbons. Well, he goes for the leg first, which I like. He puts Legs. bullets in each leg, which does not slow ribbons down at all. And Setson is like, what is this horror movie bullshit? So he keeps shooting ribbons. He's like, hug. As Setsuna gets him right through the forehead, and he keeps coming. And then Setsuna's like, it's a good thing I always, I never I leave home without my trusty <laughs> Semtex. <laughs> and then Ribbon, it's all Mark, explodes. Half of Ribbon's all Mark explodes. The legs keep going. But only for a few steps before they collapse into metal bits. And Setsuna's like, well, I thought I couldn't be any more traumatized than I already was, but checkmate <laughs> atheist, who is me? well that was new anyway he runs Uh, over to Saji Saji you and your girlfriend okay and he's like what the fuck is going on and And he's like like, why the fuck are you asking me I do like how Setsuna's like Saji's immediate question is what's going on and Setsuna's immediate reply is I don't know either and I think that will do it for this episode of It's a Gundam Join us next week when we will be watching the second part of Gundam 00, Awakening of the Trailblazer. Do we have a high point for this first part? Which, spoilers now, if you think we don't like this movie now, this is by far the best part of this movie. <laughs> it got the Gear and Lagan part and the horror movie part. We've only got Awakening of the Trailblazer bullshit left. My favorite part, I think, is actually the scene we just saw where Setsuna is shooting the ribbons thing, and it just falls apart into metal. I'm really tempted to say the girl in the gun stuff at the beginning. But it's I th- really good. <laughs> but I think I might have to say, because you took that sets in a part, the uh, Hallelujah Parkour. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Since neither of you took it, I will take the Gear and Lagan part. By yeah. far the best part of the movie. But the horror movie that we just watched, pretty clear runner-up. It is only downhill from here. Do you have a low point of this part, Tyler? I'm going to start off on the train of characters who don't need to exist in the, this oh, movie. Don't worry, that train has many more Oh, powers. yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go with Saji's friend. <laughs> uh, no, actually, that's not true. It's going Saji's to be... friend does kind of serve a purpose. I don't to mind. Yeah. For Saji to bounce stuff off of. I it's just, that should be Louise. I, I don't mind Saji's friend so much because he's only there. Should we start no. a separate list of how many characters in this movie should just be Louise instead? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> speaking of another character that should just be Louise, Descartes Shaman, he's my low point. He sucks. I'm going to go with Mina. 
another character who doesn't need to be in this movie. She's at least entertaining, I guess. She's but... like someone for Billy to talk to. Yes, but the thing is, Tyler, you took my actual low point, so I had to go with my runner-up. You know who for could've... this particular part. You know who Billy could have been talking to? A way more flamboyant Graham Aker, like a Virgo. I kind of like how they're separated in this movie, but still friends. That's honestly. Fair. I'm like, Graham's not going to do science stuff with him. Well, no. He's not that kind of friend. But he could talk, he could bounce ideas off of Graham, and Graham could be like, I don't know, I will punch it. Although it would be fun if Graham was like, I don't know, maybe aliens. And Billy's like, that's, wait a minute. <laughs> what about you, Jeremy? Yeah, continuing the train of characters that don't need to be here, Ribbon's Allmark. He's only here for fan service reasons. And another reason I think this movie is bad, all of the fan service sucks and does not service the characters or the fans. Yeah. In my opinion, there's no reason for Ribbons to be here out of maybe like a shock trailer shot to make you go, oh, how did Ribbons get back? The answer, uh, he did not. I don't know. I mean, that first part with the girl in Lagan is pretty fan servicey, and I kind of <laughs> love it. It's not real. Like, I get what, you, what you're saying. It is just there to get you hyped. But like, that's not what you wanted going into this movie, right? No, no. It's fun. I'll take it. Don't get me wrong. I would have watched that that different movie. Yes. <laughs> what if Char's counterattack was Gundam 00, but it was Garen Lagan? That's yes. great. It would be hilarious for somebody to actually make like one of those propaganda-type movies like that, make the whole movie that way, and then at the end, it's revealed that you've been watching the movie, kind of like the... Uh, the episode of Avatar, which I guess doesn't reveal it. I don't end. know what the hell you're talking about. There's an episode of Avatar that's the, like... They see fourth to last episode themselves. where they yeah it's like the recap oh. of the whole series i was thinking of the um the episode of uh martian successor nautisco where oh. it's the the, the yeah. characters in the the show that they're always talking about are watching an episode of nautisco which was great um i love that setup or that premise how do we want to handle mvps during the movie do we want to do them on um a per-act basis for our episodes? Do we want to do them at the end of the movie? Do we want to do least valuable player in the movie? And take them? <laughs> that, that's not fair, because none of them would be the characters who got MVPs. I do know who I would give it to if we were doing it for just this portion. How do you guys want to do it? We can do it that way. That probably makes for better episodes. That's my vote, just to keep like good end caps on the episodes. Who's your MVP, Tyler? It's Ribbons Allmark. <laughs> <laughs> well, this thing. I can say, I think on the spreadsheet, that's a different character. I Ribbons think I Allmark. agree, yes. But my MVP is Silent Ribbons Allmark, um, who we are officially calling Laces Some Spots. <laughs> <laughs> Laces All Spot. <laughs> I think for me, it's got to be Lock On because he's got most of the fun lines. Because, like, during the shuttle jacking and leaving that, it was lock-on doing some of the fun stuff. On similar note, I think I'm going to give it to Hallelujah for parkour! <laughs> <laughs> Quant-core parkour. All right, we have so many mobile suits from this movie to put on the list, but oh, there's no. only one that's actually shown up so far. The Godzilla, I gotta I gotta look it up, too. Got the Godaliza, I think. Godalaza. Uh, so the Godalaza sucks. It does. It's it's awful. It's worse than the Regnant, right? Which is like clearly it's that's Louise's yeah. final thing. Yes, I would agree with that. It has absolutely no character of its own. It's just like I exist, and I'm like you do. I wish you didn't. Yeah, it's the Alpha Zero on a bad day, but we don't have the Alpha Zero on here. So like worse than the Legend Gundam. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it has fangs and a big cannon, and that's it. Probably better than the Empress, right? Yeah, that's actually kind of the, the right area for yeah, me. Yeah, the Empress is like the really shitty Regnant. Yeah. 
I like it more than the Baku, but I know you're both going to slap me for saying that out loud. I actually kind of agree. I, I don't. I think like I, the Baku a lot more than I like this thing. I, I don't think I dislike this thing as much as you're expecting. I don't like it as much as the Momoku pool, though. No. No. Come on. Jeremy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so final question, better or worse than the Jagan Blastmaster? <laughs> I actually kind of like the Jagan Blastmaster. I, like, I really don't like this thing. At the very least, I can see some character in that Blastmaster. I'm trying to remember what the hell the Blastmaster it was. I assume orange. that's from Build Fighters. Yeah, you remember Build that divers. kid who hung sorry, out with Build Riku? Diver. Yes, yes. He, he had a Gym 3 and was like, I need a Jagan. I, I remember... With the double axis satellite cannon. I remember these things happening. I don't remember the suit at all. I like the Jagan Blastmaster more, too, even though you don't remember it, Tyler. So the Mona Lisa gives it number 94 above the Baku and below the Jagan Blastmaster. The Gade Laser. All right. And that will do it for our first episode on Awakening of the Trailblazer. Two more, I expect. So join us next week. It's only downhill from here.